You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming to you from Great American Ballpark, it's the Better Off Red Podcast. Here's your host, Jamie Ramsey. Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Better Off Red podcast. I hope you folks have recovered from the holidays and prepared for a fresh start in 2016, because quite honestly, the BOR podcast hasn't. We still have some exclusive material from Reds Fest 2015 to release, including today's podcast featuring seven of the Reds' top pitching prospects, Amir Garrett, Tyler Malley, Cody Reed, Zach Weiss, Robert Stevenson, Michael Lorenzen, and Sal Romano. Those guys stopped by to chat with us in the Reds Connect Zone during Reds Fest, and this episode will include those interviews. Since we still have so much great material from Reds Fest, we're going to bring you two podcast episodes this week and possibly next. We had a wonderful session with Doug Flynn and Tucker Barnhart that I think you folks will enjoy. Corky Miller and our old friend Dimitri Young also stopped by to chat, as did John Lamb and Kyle Waldrop. And we concluded our time at Reds Fest with a special visit from Reds manager Brian Price. You'll want to sink your teeth into all of those interviews as they were highly entertaining and informative and got me very much motivated for spring training. Before we get to the Reds pitching prospects, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine named Caroline Rose. And no, I'm pretty sure she's not related to Pete. Caroline is a singer-songwriter from Vermont whose music I absolutely fell head over heels for a couple of years ago. You've probably seen me go completely fanboy over her on Twitter, for which I have no shame. Caroline and her band are destined for big things, and I'm pleased to share her music with you here today. This is the song America Religious from Caroline's most recent album, I Will Not Be Afraid. Depths beneath the trenches Till I came upon a spotted horse The lonely, done, and tethered man Raising yellow grass Feared the straight back silken hair It was then I realized With the lights around the sky I'd follow morning Till the sun it would be always on the rise Come five days sleepless A thousand miles behind me I heard a voice and wind Speaking it through my soul And silhouette, oh Alice, move along I got two arms as well, no it's here to stand on. So the joy riding twelve and highway off the cup. One of the many great things about Reds Fest is having the opportunity to meet and talk to some of the Reds organization's top prospects. This year, we got a chance to finally see and chat with a bunch of these guys you've probably only heard and or read about, specifically the surplus of great pitchers that the Reds system boasts, including Amir Garrett, Tyler Malley, Cody Reed, Zach Weiss, Robert Stevenson, Michael Lorenzen, and Sal Romano. What a treat it was to talk to these blue chippers who I'm confident will soon have a huge impact for the Reds at the major league level. We start first with Amir Garrett, who in 2015 was recognized as the Florida State League's most valuable pitcher. 
Well, it's a pleasure to have Amir Garrett here with us today at Reds Fest. He's our first guest here at the Better Off Red podcast area. Amir, how's it going, man? Everything is good. You know, it's a little cold, but I'm enjoying myself so far. Yeah, where are you coming from? Uh, Las Vegas. Las so oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's different, way different. It's, it's a little chilly out there, but it's, it gets hot. But here it's just way cold right now. <laughs> well, this is what, your second Reds Fest, third Reds Fest? No, it's my second, and I'm just happy to be back again two years in a row. Yeah, well, you know, um, you had a heck of a year last season, 2015. You were minor league, the organization's minor league pitcher of the year. And uh, I think that was a big thrill for you personally. But I think one of the other big thrills was uh, get, be, be being the winning pitcher in the uh, All-Star Futures game at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, you know, that was fun. I gave it the only run, but, you know, it was unearned. And, you know, we so happened to start getting hits and runs after I came out. You know, I was, I was just happy about that. I didn't even realize I was the winning pitcher until after the game. But any guy was capable of being the winning pitcher, you know, it was just – was a matter of time when the when the bats were coming alive. Yeah, were you nervous at all? Oh heck yeah, I was way nervous. <laughs> I came in the game, I almost passed out. I seen all the fans. I, I was, I thought I was gonna be able to make it coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. So um, take us through that that whole process of being not only being selected for the futures game, but it had to be extra special for you, um, knowing that it was in Cincinnati and this is gonna be an area that ballpark is gonna be a place that you know hopefully and. I'm sure it will be a place in which you, you know, pitch a long time in. Um, you know, uh, the Futures game wasn't even a thought in my mind. I, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even have a – I didn't even think I was going to be selected. You know, and when I got selected, I was just like – I was just amazed because, you know, every – that's like the highest thing you could get, like being a minor league baseball player is the Futures game. You know, it's, it's always like something that you would want to play in. So when I got invited, I was very excited, you know, and then coming into the atmosphere of the uh, the All-Star Weekend, you know, um, just all the fans that were there, you know, being in Cincinnati and Great American Ballpark, you know, it was just nothing but love. You know, I was very excited, you know, um, just, just coming to the ballpark. It was like you were a major leaguer for a day. You yeah. know, it was pretty cool, you know. That just made me even more hungrier to get to uh, the big leagues, you know. Um, and I just took a lot of, a, a lot away from that, you know, my drive to to want to be better, and it just like, uh, just boosted my confidence. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And then when I went to the game, you know, like I said, it was it was sold out. I came into the game, I was just thinking to myself, don't pass out. That's <laughs> it. Just don't pass out. You know, you'll be fine. And, you know, playing against all those top guys, you know, it was, it was a blessing. You know, um, just to see where I match up against those guys. You know? Right. I know that I can I can I can play with the best of them now. You know. Um, you know, it was it was just a great experience, you know, and I loved every bit of it. Good, good. Now, you had an uh, like we talked about, you had an amazing year in 2015. Minor league organizations, or the Reds organizations, minor league pitcher of the year. Do you feel that you're coming into your own as a pitcher? I know you you were kind of raw the last you know your first couple professional seasons. You uh, you split time playing basketball. You were a successful college basketball player. Now you're full time baseball. Do you feel that your first full year of being a full-time baseball player do you feel that helped you um, not having to split time playing basketball and do you feel a little more polished a little more advanced now oh most definitely you know coming in trying to play two sports you know it's 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 fun but you know it's 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 kind of it's, it's very hard you know you can never get your full potential in either sport i was never able to get my full potential in basketball or baseball 
So having my first full year going through off season and stuff like that, and uh, going through the spring training and doing everything that all the uh, the other baseball players do, like from start to finish, you know, that helped a lot, you know. And I think I'm I'm starting to establish myself as as is is uh in just get my own identity, you know, and just I'm just trying to separate myself from from others, you know. I don't want to just be average, you know. I want to I want to be I want to be really good in this game. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to put in the work, you know. And I and I feel like uh, the the more work you put in, the the better the results. And you know, I I put in a lot of work, so the results are showing, you know. And, and I'm just trying to just get better every year. You know, I want to get better from the year I was in Dayton. From the year I was in Daytona last year, I want to be better than that, you know. And I just, I just want to just, just improve, you know. I don't want to have no, no, um, no handcuffs on me, you know. I just feel like um, last year, you know, I had a little handcuffs on me, and I just, uh, just broke them off, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I'm just ready, you know, just to go, just, just full speed, you know. Just, I'm saying, working hard, you know, just getting better, you know. I just want to be better than I was last year. And just do amazing things now when you start to see the results that you're seeing is it make the game more fun for you personally oh of course the game is always fun when you're doing well but when you're not doing well you man, <laughs> i hate this game yeah whatever but it's just even even if you if you don't have a good game you know there's always stuff that i took away from a bad game you know you know whether it was i was hitting my spots but they were just getting to the ball you know moving the ball in and out and they were just getting to it or you know before I couldn't do things like that, you know, I just wanted to come in and throw the ball hard, right? You know, but now, you know, I'm starting to, to like I said, just establish myself and, and get my own identity. You're you know, getting and, wiser. Yeah, I'm getting wiser, you know, and um, I'm just able to pitch, you know, and um, it's it's really fun because I get out there and I, I amaze myself sometimes <laughs> with, with with the things that I'm doing on the mound. I'm like, whoa, and it just blows me away. I'm like, I would never thought I would be right here, or I would never have thought I could do that. Yeah, you know, a year ago or two years ago. So, you know, it's always fun when you when you're when you're progressing. You know, yeah. and um, like I said, I'm just I'm just becoming into a pitcher. You know, um, and I just want to get better than I was last year. Yeah. Now, what what do you feel worked for you last year? You said you, you used to want to come in and just throw throw the heat. You you just wanted to throw the fastball, but you know, you obviously have the talent to throw other pitches. What are you throwing these days? Um. I want to tell you everything, but I, I'll let you. <laughs> um, you know, I got a four seam. I got a I got a two seam. But you have more than just two yeah, yeah, yeah. two I pitches. Got, I yeah. have more than two pitches now. You know, but it's it's just the ability to pitch. You know, I can, I can I can slow up a pitch or whatever yeah. I need to do just to get a hitter off balance or something like that. You know, um, my slider has gotten really good this year. You know, um, I bring that change up out a lot more. You yeah. know, and that that's a key pitch right there because when hitters are just sitting fastball slider or whatever the case may be you throw that change up in there and it, and you know it's the hardest uh pitch to hit in the game i talk to the hitters a lot and i ask them what's the hardest pitch to hit they say that change up the right change there. up yeah but if you if you throw a 95 mile an hour fastball they're in they're expecting you throw that change up they're gonna be like what is that yeah you yeah know? and it's just being able to just to change my speed on pitches you know and i just like i said i amazed myself this year by doing stuff like that and you know and that's just that's just just, just, just getting the feel for pitching, and it's, it's is it crazy. is it a confidence too, a confidence thing too? Like when you uh, maybe you, you know you have some pitches that you weren't really, you know, comfortable with maybe prior to this year, but going in, the more you threw them, the more did you develop more confidence and see more results? Like when you first started, hey, I'm, this changeup's working. I'm getting guys out with it. Is it, it you start getting confident in yeah, those it's pitches? Yeah, it, it had you have to have confidence in throwing your pitches. You know, 
I never used to really like throwing a changeup. I really didn't. I really didn't throw it. it was just a BP fastball, basically. Yeah. But yeah. this year, I just, you know, my my pitching coach Tony Foss worked with me a lot. You know, he's like, you need to throw that, throw that. Don't be scared. You got a really good changeup. And so, when I would throw it, you know, sometimes I would I would throw it in the dirt or sell it in the air. But I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep throwing it. It doesn't matter and, until it got pretty good and I was able to just control it, you know, and and. At that time, you know, that, the changeup is, is really a big thing that's come around for me. Did uh, Mario Soto help you out at all with that? Yeah, Mario Soto, too. He, he you know, he had one of the best changeups in the game. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I talked to him a lot, you know, and um, it, it's just, is that that's a key pitch right there. Yeah. So um, where do you, uh, I mean, you know, with the, the direction of the team now, they're getting younger. Um, it's, I mean, it's possible that you could be up in the big leagues in 2016. Is that something that's kind of crossed your mind a little bit? Um, it's definitely crossed my mind, but, you know, I'm not going to set my hopes for that. Like, right. uh, you know, wherever I'm at, that's where I'm going to be at. You yeah. know, I'm going to work. I'm going to get there. I know I'm going to get there, but, you know, it's just, it's just time, you know, and development. So I'm not, I just kind of put that in the back of my head, you know, just, I just say, you know, if I get there, I get there. If I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, right. I don't set my hopes up for that. But I know I'm going to get there. So I'm just I'm just going to just just wherever I'm at, I'm just going to pitch to the best of my ability, and that's it. Right. Well, we've had uh, Dimitri Young on this podcast. We've had Pokey Reese, Greg Vaughn for sure. And just kind of switching gears a little bit, maybe talk a little bit about uh, a topic that's prevalent in the game today. Um, the amount of African-Americans that are playing baseball at an early age has been decreasing. Um, you obviously are have a love for the game that's you know everybody can see it what do you think needs to happen or how would you sell the game to young african-american kids in the inner city or not even in the inner city but just young african-american kids that are thinking about playing basketball or football i would say you know give this game a try you know a lot of african-americans you know they play basketball football you know i think it's just this the excitement in the game you know even even when I was younger, like baseball, I was like, you know, it's a more slow-paced game. You know, yeah. I used to play football and baseball all the time, but I, I came in starting. I played baseball at such a young age, I loved it, you know, so it didn't matter to me. I couldn't watch it at all because yeah. it was so slow, but I could yeah. play it. I could always play it, and football and baseball was my thing. You know, I, got always, I loved the, the contact and football and doing all that, and I would just tell them just to give the game a try. It's really fun, you know, um, just, just to have fun with it, you know, and – and I would just say, give it a try. That's it. You yeah. Know? And, um, yeah. You know, you never know what could happen. Yeah. This game yeah. is very fun. I love this game. And you're not going to get, uh, probably not going to get too many concussions out there on the yeah, mound. <laughs> well, Amir, it's been a pleasure. Before we let you go, uh, who who you got your eye on in college basketball this year? Um, we hear some no, UC. We got UC. some UC no, fans. No, no, no. Not them. We have Definitely some Xavier not. fans probably out um, there as well. Uh. I, even, I really don't even watch college basketball. You don't watch anymore. it That's anymore. Um, Do you watch your old team, St. John's? And I watch them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I would have to say who. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on the UNLV running Rebels. You yeah, know, I, I yeah. I in Vegas, you know. Yeah. They had an upset over Indiana. Over Indiana, yeah. That's you know, right. I'm going to keep my eye on them boys. Um, Arizona, of course. Yeah. You know, of course I watch St. John's. Yeah. And um, I got to say uh, – UCLA just beat Kentucky last night. That's a that's a a, a very that, big upset. That's a right big there. one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I gotta say Iowa State because my one of my Iowa good friends, State. Uh, Nas yeah. Long plays there. Um. So, yeah. 
Very good. Amir Garrett, thanks for stopping by. You have a great time at Reds Fest. We're uh, so happy that you're in our organization and happy that you got to stop by here. It's always a good time with you, Jamie. Thank you so much. All right. Up next on this special Reds Fest edition of the BOR podcast is left-handed pitcher Tyler Malley, the Reds Minor League Player of the Year for 2015. Tyler went 13-8 with a 2.43 ERA and 152 innings pitched at the Class A level in Dayton last year. He talked to us about his 2015 season and his goals headed into spring training. Great to be here with Tyler Malley. How are you, Tyler? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, th- welcome to Reds Fest. This is your first one, right? First one, yep. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, well, this is, uh, you know, one of those events that, not to pat yourself on the back, but it's like one, probably one of the best in, best in the game. So yeah. I know that a lot of the minor league guys kind of when their first time, it's like, wow, you know, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so. definitely overwhelming yeah hey man congratulations on the success that you had in 2015 you had a you know a a tremendous season at class a dayton you're starting to put yourself on the map as far as uh you know becoming one of the reds blue chip prospects tell us a little bit about what that's like um i mean it's it's a reward for just working hard and uh committing yourself to the game and um you know uh it's, it's just a great honor to uh, be uh, mentioned with a lot of the guys that are um, up there in our organization. Yeah, and you, uh, you know, you, uh, you, ranked, you ranked as the organization's 10th best prospect by Baseball America. This season, in, or in 2015, you went 13-8 and eight with a 2.43 ERA. I looked up your stats. You had one game in which you allowed four runs, and I did the math. Without that game... Your ERA would have been 2.07 in 2015. That's impressive no matter what level it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're going to have those games, and you wish you could just scratch that off the, uh, the stat sheet. But, um, you know, um, it's, it's – um, you, you just got to put a bunch of good starts together, you know, and not be, be consistent. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, 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 my ERA would have been a lot better without that game. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's, that's the uh, – that's the game, you know. That's part of it, yeah. You also, Baseball America also gave you the, they listed you as having the best control in the Reds organization. What is it, can you give us a little bit of uh, your repertoire, maybe not get in depth about what you throw, but give us an idea of on, on how many pitches you throw? Um, well, four-seam four seam fastball and two-seam fastball, uh, change-up, curve, slider. Wow, you have a whole arsenal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot to uh, choose from. Yeah, sure. is it a... Uh, I was talking to Amir Garrett earlier, and we had him on the podcast. Is it? Uh, we talked about confidence in throwing pitches. He has a lot. He has a large repertoire of pitches as well. Is it any one of those pitches? Do you feel can get a batter out that you could go to and get a batter out with? Um, for me, for me, it's my fastball. I think yeah. just because uh, that's the pitch I have the most control over. Um, a lot, a lot of guys is a changeup. Uh, changeups just the best pitch in the game. Uh, mine, mine right now isn't as good as it should be. But um, so for me right now, it's my fastball, just because I can locate it in and out, up and down. And yeah, we we briefly touched on it at the beginning here, but you are going to be recognized here at Reds Fest as the 2015 Chief Bender Award winner as the Reds Minor League Player of the Year. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's- it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what are your what's your family think? Is your family here with you right here at Red's? No, Fest? they're they're back in California. Um, um, 
we, I, I mean, it would have been awesome if they can come, but uh, we, we've um, done a lot of traveling. Or yeah. they, they did a lot of traveling this summer with sure. me and my brother, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, um, they're, 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 they're at home working and uh, listening to this on the radio, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, how did you like playing in Dayton this year? Um, it was awesome. Uh, just the facilities and everything is just ridiculous. You know, everything's um, everything's just perfect. Uh, the, you have great the host family was yeah. awesome. Uh, I stayed I stayed with a host family who uh, actually uh, hosted a lot of the big leaguers that are on the big league squad right yeah. now. So that was pretty cool. So they, they have all the memorabilia, yeah. Yeah. all the stories, yeah. and everything. So it was awesome. Everything about it. Yeah, and that's something I've you know I didn't I didn't talk to uh, Jesse and. Amir about here on the podcast, but I'm glad you brought it up. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, even though you are a professional baseball player, you stay with a host family because at the level that you're playing at, you're not making $2.5 million a year. So, yeah. you know, how important is that for a guy like you to have somewhere to go, basically go home to every night after the game? Um, it's it's awesome. Uh, they they kind of gave us our space. Um, I mean, they told us right from the get-go, they said, we're um, we stayed in their their basement. Yeah. Um, but it was it was like another floor in their house. That, yeah. I mean that's it's normal out here in California. You don't have those. But that was pretty cool. <laughs> A but, basement. Um, yeah. But um. But no. Um. Yeah. It was great to go uh, go home and uh, you don't have to pay rent and stuff like that. So you get it's a great way to save money and. Um, you become uh, close with those folks. Yes. Yeah. And they yep. come out and watch you, of course. I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. They went to they went to pretty much every game if they weren't traveling to uh, uh, Florida to see all those guys because they have guys oh, yeah. all the way up through the system. So yeah. They they would travel and go watch those guys too. That's uh, they it's awesome. They're an awesome family. Now you uh you you live in Westminster, is that yes, right? Where whereabouts is Westminster, California? Uh, Orange Orange County, California, okay. right by uh, Huntington Beach. Okay. Yeah. Did you do some surfing? Uh, no, I, I actually never got into surfing. Ah. Uh, I've I've surfed maybe twice my whole life. <laughs> I do a lot of body body surfing, but yeah. ne never surf. Yeah, it's no. a beautiful part of the country, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So uh, Tyler, you're on Twitter. You that people can find you at at Tyler Malley. Uh, the last name is spelled M-A-H-L-E. That was something we tried to figure out. We wanted to get right before we announced, <laughs> you know, your awards yeah. and things. But, uh, you know, you had a, again, you had a, a great, great season. You led all Reds minor leaguers in wins, ERA, strikeouts. You were the Reds minor league pitcher of the month for July. You held opponents to a 252 batting average. Is there anything part of your – part of your game that you would like to work on a little more or improve at um like i like i said earlier my my change up uh needs needs some work um just because that for for every pitcher i think it that should be their their go-to pitch not their go-to pitch but their best pitch their out pitch you know amir said the same thing and um amir garrett of course is finding some success he, he's get, having more you know he said echoed the same sentiments about the change up and he said tony Fossis taught him a lot and you also have a, an instructor in the organization who arguably had the best changeup in the game at one time, Mario Soto. Yeah. Have you got a chance to work with Mario at all? Um, when I was in the, the AZL, uh, he came down and he talked to us a little. Um, I, I never really worked with him, but um, I talked to guys who he would work with, and, I mean, they, they would tell me what uh, he was working on with them. So, um, yeah. Well, now that you experienced some success in 2015, I think now – 
the proverbial target will be on your back. You have uh, higher expectations, I'm sure, going into 2016. Is that something that you know that you're excited about, or is it something you'd rather not, you know, have that that limelight on you? Yeah, no, the the pressure is fun. I mean, um, when when you get to the big leagues, you're gonna have thousands of fans looking at you. So, I mean, um, if you can't if you can't handle it now, then you're not meant for this, you know. But um, but no, it's it's awesome. I just I mean, go out and do my thing, and uh, don't let any of that uh, affect me. Well, Tyler, I really appreciate you coming by. It's been great chatting with you. We're going to have you here. Our podcast will probably be uh, airing all, uh, during the holidays, so I hope uh, your family gets a chance to, to listen, and we're very excited to have you in the organization. I know I got to see a pitch once this year. Um, you know, Tom Nichols up there in Dayton does a great job, and he keeps us abreast on, on what you guys are doing up there in Dayton, and yep. I know he was pretty excited about having you up there, and, you know, we're thrilled that you that – you, uh, that you're going to walk away from Reds Fest with a pretty prestigious prize. And yeah. uh, we're just excited to see you pitch up here in Cincinnati at some point. All right. Yep. Thank you. Okay, Tyler. Thanks a lot. When the Reds traded Johnny Cueto to the Royals for Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, and Cody Reed last year, many reports suggested that Reed was the guy Kansas City was most apprehensive to give up. If you combine his 2015 numbers from both organizations, he would have led all Reds minor league pitchers in most major statistical categories. As for Zach Weiss, he too had an incredible 2015 season, converting 30 of his 32 save opportunities with Daytona and Pensacola. And if you're not sure how to spell Weiss's first name, it's with a K. He struck out an eye-popping 90 batters in 63 and two-thirds innings. Here's Cody Reed and Zach Weiss. Cody Reed and Zach Weiss, guys, how's it going? It's good. Yeah? Doing well. First time spending a little time in Cincinnati and enjoying the city. Got us in a nice hotel. I got no complaints. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Cody? First time out here, too, just enjoying myself. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll be a, a staple in Cincinnati in a couple years. I know both of you guys are coming off some serious big-time 2015 seasons. Cody, of course, you came over in the Johnny Cueto trade along with John Lamb and Brandon Finnegan. Zach, you were originally drafted by the Reds. What round were you? Six. Six rounder. So, you know, you mean you're, we're talking some serious stuff here. You had another. You had a phenomenal year <laughs> as well. Zach, uh, between uh, single-A Daytona and double-A Pensacola, combined to go one and three with 30 saves and a microscopic 1.9 ERA and 54 relief outings. You earned Reds Minor League Pitcher of the Month honors for both April and August. Uh, you were four for four in save opportunities in August and, or I'm sorry, in April and 12 for 12 in August. You led all minor, Reds Minor Leaguers with 30 saves. You fanned 90 batters 
over 63 and two-thirds innings. That's mighty impressive. Held opponents to a 188 batting average, and you played for the in the prestigious Arizona Fall League. Um, tell us, how was your 2015 season? Did you enjoy it? I did. It was a fun year. Uh, we were in a great spot. I started the year in Daytona Beach, which was this is the first year being a Reds affiliate, but really awesome spot. Fun, fun little stadium with a lot of fans that come and pack it pretty good on like Friday nights. And then getting promoted to Pensacola was pretty awesome. Uh, beautiful downtown, great stadium. Another pl great place to play with great fans there. So I had a really good time. Off days spent on the beach, I had no complaints. <laughs> Cody Reed, left-handed pitcher, like I said, was acquired from the Reds from the Royals on July 26th in that Johnny Cueto deal. And uh, of, of the three guys that the Reds acquired in that trade, you arguably had the best season, Cody. Uh, you came over, obviously, from the, from the world champion Royals, but we talked off air. You're happy to be here. Oh, yeah, extremely happy. I mean, just... Another team that gave me a chance, you know, the Royals took a chance on me, drafted me in 2013, and, you know, they gave me a, a chance, and that's I feel like that's all I need, just a chance and an opportunity and just try to make the best of it. But um, I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy to be a part of this whole this whole process, and I'm in, really enjoying myself. Now, your season totals for wins, strikeouts, and ERA would have ranked first among all Reds minor leaguers had it not been for the fact that you played in the Royals system. You had a great year. You, uh, you, were, at you were at Class A Wilmington. You made it to Double A Northwest Arkansas before the trade, and then you finished out your season at Double A Pensacola. Um, give us a little background on you know the, you, we talked again. We talked a little bit off the air about you didn't have exactly the best 2014 season. So, what went right for you last season? Uh, I, we like you said, we talked about it earlier, and I took my off season a little more serious. I mean, I. I was in the gym more. I was, you know, really focusing on my throwing program throughout the offseason. And the grind of the offseason, the true grind, like, really showed. So, I mean, you know, I just made big strides. And it just it really showed out in spring training when I got there and I was having success right away. And just I know in the back of my mind, you know, that rough season, you could say, in 2014, just I had to put it past me and just start over. New spring training, you know, working – to make a team and I made the team that I was wanting to make and just met success just kept coming absolutely Zach you're uh you, you don't turn 24 until June June 16th your birthday you're only 23 you're 63 210 um Irvine California how's uh, California boy you love it out there I do I love it it's a little <laughs> bit warmer there right now yeah. <laughs> flew off the I got to use a big jacket though I have like a big nice peacoat jacket that i get to wear about twice a year so this is one of those days yeah you get excited because you break the jacket exactly. out yeah it's yeah. a big deal for me you guys are considered like two of our two of the reds top pitching prospects um you guys know what's going on here you guys have seen the reds youth movement you've seen the deals that the team has made and you're i'm sure you're well aware of the fact that you know this club is stockpiling young arms such as yourselves uh, for either one of you, how exciting is that, and are, are you excited to be part of, of this future? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to see guys you've played with in the past year or two already making it to the major leagues, and it, just, you, it feels good to know that you have an opportunity in that organization because it's an organization that values their young guys and puts a lot of effort and puts a lot of, you know, trust the process to get you to the big leagues and isn't making huge moves and unloading you and stuff. So it feels good, and it's nice to see guys, you know, who you know having success up there. How about you, Cody? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at the Reds this is last year, they had a ton of rookie arms throw. So, it, you know, you got that in the back of your head. You know, me and Zach, you know, we're in the minor leagues on the on the come up, you should say. And 
just know that they give those guys opportunities. It's you know good to know that you'll get the same opportunity with them. So it's it's good to know in the back of your mind that you know they let guys they give guys chances young at a young age, and it's you know it's good to know as a player. Yeah, and you're a, you're moving a little closer to home too, right? You're a Tennessee guy, mm-hmm, right outside of Memphis. Yeah. So was uh, I mean it it's got to be fun for your family to know that you know when you do make it up to the big league level that you know it's just right up the road instead of you know having to travel a little bit exactly, right exactly yeah not so much for you zach i mean your parents are going to have to make that uh long yeah. flight from from irvine so rack up a few frequent flyer miles <laughs> very good so um tell us a little bit zach if you want to tell us a little bit, bit about what you throw what your style is you're a hard thrower obviously you strike out a lot of guys uh just give us a little overview on on your style um, so I was a starter uh, in college for two years and then moved to the bullpen my junior year. And that's where I've been throughout professional baseball in the pen. I had a few starts in rookie ball, but uh, this year kind of settled into a ninth inning, eighth inning role. And uh, so I throw a lot of four-seam fastballs, uh, a slider and a curveball and a changeup. So I guess there's not a lot of relievers that throw four pitches, but it's stuff I'd learned as a starter. And so yeah, sure. rather than getting rid of one of those, kind of just try to keep working on it. Definitely majority fastball slider but so you're you're it's safe to say i mean you're i mean you're only pitching what an inning at a time so you don't need a full arsenal of pitches right it's more you know hopefully you get through the inning with two of them yeah. but if you need if you need them you got them so it's it's definitely nice to have as a reliever and you're what what do you cl- what do you clock in that fastball up to these days uh this year is like 94 95 yeah and with the hard slider yeah uh it needs to get a little harder <laughs> Cody, how about you? What do you got? Um, I throw fastball, slider, and changeup. And uh, I mix around with the two-seam fastball, the lefties every once in a while. But uh, just I work with those three. And yeah. just I'm, I go to my slider a lot. I mean, I hope none of the teams are listening because, I mean, I do, I do go to that a lot. And <laughs> fastball, slider, and changeup when I really need it. And that's, yeah. that's the pitch that really helped me have success this year, that changeup. I really worked on it this offseason. And that ha- that. That pitch alone, you know, really helped me go longer in games and just get guys out and quicker, quick outs, and that's that was huge for me. Yeah, we've talked to, uh, we've had three. You're the third pitcher up here that has talked about the the, the importance of the changeup. Amir Garrett, who had a tremendous season last year, as did Tyler Malley. They both, when I spoke to them earlier, were talking about how important their changeup is. Um, for a starter, I mean, Zach, obviously you're only pitching the ninth inning, getting guys out then. But, you know, when you're a starter, you have to have a few more pitches. And, you know, is it something that kind of developed as you've progressed in the minor leagues? Or is it something that you just worked on last year, Cody, to improve that changeup? Well, like back in high school, I threw it a lot. And yeah. my velocity was not what it is now in high school. I mean, the, the joke was among the team that I couldn't break glass with my fastball. <laughs> so that was the joke. And... You know, I gained some weight, got bigger, got in the weight room, you know. And it just got my velocity jump, so I got just kind of veered away from my changeup in college because I didn't need it. I could just throw the fastball and try to get everyone out. And when I got the pro ball, I mean, you need it in the first batter almost, yeah. the first inning. So it's it's a different game, and uh, just I've really been focusing on that. So that was just going back to all my success this year. Yeah. Zach, how was UCLA? It was a blast. It? I yeah. loved it. Uh I'm still living around there, using the weight room and their facilities and oh, stuff. Good. It's top-of-the-line stuff, so I can't really complain about that. There's a good group of alumni that come back and work out, so we got a little crew in there. 
And, so uh, they're, they're pretty good about welcoming the alumni and keeping uh, almost like a family atmosphere. Yeah, Coach there. Savage does a good job. He treats everyone well, lets, yep. us, lets us into the weight room and throw on the field. And there's a really nice hitting facility for guys that do that part of the game. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I loved it. I was there for three years, won a national title, one of those, my junior year. So it was, it was a great experience, and I'm really fortunate to have gone there. Yeah. Now, you talk about, like, good – good facilities to work in and this is something we've also talked to some of the minor league guys that have been up here the reds are second to none in the facilities from from rookie ball to triple a louisville there's a a newer stadium newer facilities how important is that to both of you guys as you guys progress and try to advance your your careers yeah it's good you know when you go in the weight room and you see they got top of the line stuff like you said and they just they really you know, take care of you in the weight room, and that's really important you know, to get your work in in between starts, like for me and you know, him whenever he works out during the week. And in between starts, you know, you got to go in there and focus and work hard, and it's nice to have you know, nice things to work out and get better. And it's just, I mean, you're blessed to have all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, how about Zach? Is, that, is it good for you as well? Yeah, when, when you're in there and there's a lot of guys in there because everything's nice, and, you know, if, if you're trying to work out in a little coat closet with one machine, it, it's kind of difficult to – you know, the, the, it's hard. You got to stay very focused. But having the nice facilities allows you to, you know, there's all the resources you need, and there's really no excuse not to get in there and utilize yeah, them. Yeah. But it is true. I've, every minor league city we've been in with the Reds, Pensacola was the best stadium in that league. Uh, Dayton's the best place to play in that yeah. league. It is really top of the line stuff. It makes the transition going from city to city a lot easier. And I think another uh, a caveat to that, the fact that the, these places have such nice stadiums is they draw people as well. It helps draw fans. And it's probably fun for you guys to pitch in front of, you know, a sold-out crowd. Gr- granted, it might be 8,000 people, but, you know, That's it's a lot still, of people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, it's and a lot of these, a lot of the organizations, and you might be able to talk about this, Cody, is they don't, they don't have that and that to me and i hear coaches talk about it a lot it's important for you guys to play in front of people exactly when i was even when i was in uh with the royal system we i was in idaho falls for the rookie ball or short season whatever you want to call it and billings is probably the best stadium in that whole league and that's you know short season rookie ball and yeah when i show up in there i mean the, i want to get my nine iron out in the outfield you know <laughs> and hit a couple balls but yeah and it's just it's it's different to see, like, you know, lower levels, and it's just that nice. I mean, it's it's awesome, especially if that was, like, my home, you know, field to play yeah, on. Man, sure. I'd love to play at home. Right, right. Zach, we talked a little bit about and my my terrible performance in the home run derby. We were you let team- me down, Jamie. <laughs> we were teammates. Lie. But uh, we were talking a little bit about, like, you're playing some golf in the off season. Trying to. It's, trying to, It's yeah. a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, we have good days and bad days, but I love it. It's really fun to go out and play. And you got the weather for it. Exactly. We get, out in Arizona just now, we're out there. We get, there's great courses to play out there for pretty reasonable. So it's true. I'm trying to play more. I do enjoy it a lot, but if anyone's trying to challenge me or something, I'm not going to accept that. <laughs> what else have you guys been doing in the offseason? I know, I know it's a great break for you guys, especially right after the season, to take some time off. And I think that's probably important for you guys just to clear your head, take some time off. What is that? What else, What are the other things that you guys like to do while you know the off season's going on? Aside from training, of course, I know you guys are keeping up with your fitness. Give me an idea of what you guys like uh, to do. Going back to him, I'm I'm a big golfer. I do I do play as much as I can. Do you? I mean, yeah, but Cody's got a game. I don't have a game. He's got a game. <laughs> weather permitting, <laughs> lefty, right? It's that lefty. Like yeah, weather permitting, I'm out there. You know, I'm trying to. 
play as much as I can. I think about two weeks ago, I played 36 holes in a day. Oh, and my. I just woke up more, one morning, went out there and played and ate lunch. I'm thinking, ah, we can go get another 18 <laughs> in. We run to the course, get another 18 in. And I just, that's something I really enjoy, you know, hanging out with all my buddies that I haven't seen since I've been gone and just that. I, I play I play Xbox a lot. That, yeah. that hey. consumes a lot of my time. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm what are you playing? Nice. What game? I love Call of Duty. The new one that came out, man. I'll sit there for hours and I'll play it. <laughs> and I don't care if anyone it makes fun of me because I'm gonna be out there playing, <laughs> no doubt. Zach, about you? You play any Xbox? I didn't. I I don't own either an Xbox or a PS4, but I play with buddies a lot and I love it. And I did not break down on Black Friday and buy one. <laughs> But I think that's probably the next purchase is I would like to get a PlayStation or Xbox and get it going. But, no, I don't. I've just been hanging out. It's been yeah. nice. Don't let him lie to you. In the Pensacola, he was on that Madden <laughs> was on he? Xbox. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was on, he always that's, why I, Madden that's why I need one to get better, though. I don't practice, and then <laughs> i got to step right. into the Thunderdome that's in there. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Thunderdome. <laughs> hey, I was asking Amir Garrett, or I was asking some of the guys earlier about some of the players. I asked Jesse Winker. About some of the players, obviously, he's a top prospect in our system. But I asked him, I said, give us an idea of what you see or who you see as top prospects. Who should we keep an eye on that he sees on a regular basis? And both of your names came up. Jesse had high praise for both of you. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys the same question. I mean, Cody, I know you haven't been in the organization too long, but uh, give us an idea of some of the guys that the fans may not know about or may not read about and Baseball America that we should keep our eyes on, if anyone? Um, I don't know. Our Pensacola team was pretty talented. Uh, Numbers-wise, some guys didn't have the years they were looking for offensively, but I thought we had a lot of guys that, like, that can play at the next level for sure. Um, I thought Juan Perez played a really good shortstop. He was there. Bo Amaral is a teammate of mine in college. Plays a, the best center field I've ever played with. Uh, he had that great catch on the – Yeah, it was, like, oh up gosh. for play of the year, right? It was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, God, if folks listening haven't seen that, I think it's still available on MILB.com. You just look up Bo Almeral. Yeah, it was oh amazing. Yeah. But, no, I thought – I don't know. Obviously, I get to, got to see Cody pitch for the first time this year, and Cody had some dominant performances, namely one in – where was it? In Jackson against the Mariners affiliate. Threw a bunch, like They threw eight righties up there, and he backfoot slidered all eight of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's playing in this organization. There's a lot of guys, you know, you, you do go play some teams that like stand out, but I felt like Pensacola this year and Daytona beach. There were some, there's some guys on those rosters, you know, anybody from for you, Cody, yeah, that, well, that I mean, stuck I, out. When I got to the team. I, I went straight to Pensacola. So I've just, I'm just stuck on those guys. I haven't played with anyone else. I mean, I've heard like Amir's name cause he was in the high affiliate and I've heard a couple of guys name, but I've never actually seen him play. I've just, you know, heard of what other guys say and, like like Zach said, man, that Pensacola team was really good, and yeah. just all those guys. I mean, you can look at guys, you know, back in the lower levels when you're playing. Like, all right, he might not make it. He might. What's your you know, personal opinion? But I feel like all those guys have yeah. a really good shot to make it. I mean, all those guys, they were great guys. I mean, when I was traded, I got I met the team in Chattanooga, and I thought, like, man, I got to meet a whole new team. I got to learn everyone, like everyone's name. You know, I don't know anyone. Yeah. And, man, I think the second day, I feel like I knew half the team's name. I'm already playing cards with the team. I mean, it was just, like, right away, instant, you know, friendship. Oh, that's awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that was going to be kind of my next question. And, and Zach, you could probably attest to it. Just seeing you guys hanging out over there at the Wiffle Ball Field, it seems like you guys are, like, a very close-knit group. 
Um, do you have the same? I mean, what do you guys? I mean, is it is it reality? Yeah, I mean, this is, is yeah. This is now that we've known each other. I mean, for myself, this is what my third. This was my second full season, third year in the organization. So, get to know guys better, and you know, you go on, you play at a level with someone. One of you moves, and then you see him again at the next level, and yeah. it's just pretty cool seeing guys bounce around. And everyone stays tight. When yeah. if we want to, you know, go get dinner or something, it's it's a good crew that usually goes out. It's not usually a one or a two man deal, yeah. which is pretty. It makes it fun, you know. Yeah, right. You're traveling around the country, you don't really know where you are, so. A nice eight-man dinner and, makes it enjoyable. I've talked to some people, like I've talked to like the the some of the the scouting departments around the league. They prefer to have their guys make it, like go advance each level together. Right. It's not they try not to like, you know, pick one guy or two guys at a time. They want everybody to advance together, and I think that's a gr- a brilliant way to do things. I know it's impossible for the most part to do it all the time, but. To have you guys keep advancing and growing together, I think, is so important. So by the time you guys get to the major league level, you all know each other very well, and it it basically breeds success because you're you know you're you're almost a family at that point. Exactly. Yeah. When when you play with those guys and you want you want those guys behind you, used to them being behind you, especially me being on the mound. You know, you make friends with the shortstops and the second basemen. You know, you really want to make good friends with those guys because those are the guys who make plays for you back there, and it's. I mean, when I left the, the Royals organization, I mean, I left some friends behind, you know. I mean, it's, but that's just, you know, the business side of baseball. Right. I mean, it's just the way it is. And But, like, when I was coming to the team, I mean, it was just instant click. And I'm just like, man, like, it was no big deal. It wasn't an, it wasn't a big deal for me to learn everybody's name because, like, I almost wanted to just because it was that, you know, just such a good group of guys that it had, had no effect on me whatsoever. Right, yeah. And now uh, before we wrap things up, you're coming over from the Royal system. How's the hitting? Oh my gosh! I wish you didn't bring that up. <laughs> good lord! I might have might have hit a couple home runs in the home runs area, but you that's did. Just you had a sw- you had a good swing, but there were rumors that the bunning might be the uh, hardest part for you. I, share, I shared a secret. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just it's brutal. I wish you would never brought. Zach that told up. me I'm going to reveal my source right now. Well, it was because oh no, he tore it up in the home run derby. He did absolutely. And we knew the swing was going to be there, but then we. <laughs> We discussed the bunting a little bit. <laughs> oh man! If it was a bunting contest, I would have I would have forfeited immediately. So you're not too excited if if one day you have to step in there against Araldis Chapman that one, that doesn't appeal to you at all. Well, hopefully we're up by a lot, so I'll be out of the game. The closure can the closure can come in, you know, and get three outs, and it won't be me in the game. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, hey guys, I appreciate you guys stopping by. It's great to get to know you guys. It's always exciting for me to. You know, I, I'm more excited to have the minor league guys up here to talk to you guys and get to know you guys. And uh, it's just fun for me, and I'm sure it's fun for all the fans to see you guys progress and, uh, you know, do well and hopefully see you up here in Cincinnati before long. All right, thank you. Thank you very much for having okay, us. Okay, thanks for, thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. In our final segment of this edition of the BOR podcast, we're joined by Robert Stevenson, Michael Lorenzen, and Sal Romano. You've probably heard a lot about Stevenson, and you saw Lorenzen pitch for the Reds in Cincinnati last year, but Romano is a guy you'll also want to get acquainted with. According to Baseball America, Romano is the ninth best prospect in the system, with a fastball touching 99 miles per hour. He'll join Stevenson and Lorenzen in Major League Camp this spring. Here's the top prospect, Robert Stevenson, along with a bulked-up Michael Lorenzen and right-handed starter Sal Romano. Yeah, the starting pitching, so... um Robert Stevenson, you're part of that. You got guys like John Lamb, Brandon Finnegan, um, Cody Reed, who came over also in that trade. 
uh, Zach Weiss, who I got to know here. I mean, it's just, it, the list goes on and on. Amir Garrett. So I think this organization, you're part, I think, and another thing that these guys have said, you are part of something special with these guys, right? Yeah, you know, um, especially just being able to go up there at a time when uh, there's so much opportunity and be able to you know, make your debut uh, around the same time with a lot of your friends up there. So it seems like also like when I saw you guys over in the, the, the home run derby area yesterday, you guys all seemed like to be a really tight-knit group. And I don't know if it's because, you know, you guys are just teammates or you've come up together, but can you talk about that a little bit and, like, how great it is to be around those guys? Yeah, you know, I don't know how other organizations are, but from what I've heard, it seems like uh, this organization just must have really good quality people. And um, at every level I've been at, it seems like all the teams just get along really well. Um, there's all, all great guys. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Michael Lorenzen's joining us right now. Get him a microphone as well. We'll get – I think I might have it over here. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lorenzen joins Robert Stevenson and I here at the Better Off Red area. Michael, yes, how's it going? I'm doing good. You Enjoying know Robert Stevenson, obviously. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Two little of bit. our very, very blue chip prospects, and it's great to have you guys. We, Robert and I were just talking about how special it is right now in the organization to have such a great crop of young pitching. Can you talk about that a little bit and how excited you are, you are about it, and especially with guys like Robert? Yeah, I mean, it's – Obviously, it's exciting. Um, we a lot of us were up last year, and we all got to experience and get our feet wet together. <clears throat> and so, you know, guys like Rob who are coming up, they get to ask us questions and kind of pick our brains, and and we get to tell them exactly what we went through and kind of prepare them as best as possible. So, you know, maybe they they can learn from our mistakes and learn from our success, and 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 they don't have to go through the ups and downs that we did. Well, let's let's. Uh kind of press you on that was there any advice that you gave Robert since you made it you got to the big leagues this year and like a lot of you guys is there something that what is the biggest key of advice piece of advice that you would give Robert Stevenson it, it definitely would be um, you know guys like us we have the we have the tools and the physical ability to compete at this level but it takes a different mindset um, it takes a there's a battle when you're out there of you know when you're facing the McCutcheons when you're facing the <clears throat> the um just whoever you're facing it there's a battle of confidence and, and doubt that's going to go on in your mind while you're on that mound and just because of the guys that you're facing you're facing major league lineups that you've looked up to growing up <clears throat> so when you got to learn how to win that battle of confidence over doubt really against yourself and when you can do that it doesn't really matter who's in the box because when you're confident you can get anybody out especially when all your stuff's working, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that definitely helps helps your stuff work as well, so. Michael, you're you're a, you're insane on uh, on social media with your workouts, showing us your workouts. I think you work out like what, 7, 8 times a day. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. getting to that point like you yeah, have to wake no. up at 2 a.m. to work out. <laughs> you're like gargling peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, I wake here. up at 2 a.m. to eat. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Give us an idea of what you what you're doing in the off season. I'm yeah. going to ask Robert the same question okay. after you're finished. <laughs> I like to get up early in the morning, have some coffee, then I'll go out on some runs and do some hill sprints and kind of build some leg strength that way. And then I'll go to the gym later on in the afternoon and do a leg workout. Um, go home, eat, and then go back to the gym at night and do an upper body workout. And I'll do that like five days a week. So. You know, that's something else that's making me mentally tougher, too. And when you put in the work, it allows you to believe in, in, in the ability because, you know, you look to the guy to your right and to your left or the guy that you're facing, and you're saying, look, I put in more work than you. I can get you out. So that, that's the way I look at it. Very good. Robert, yeah. what, what's your off-season routine like? 
I usually go out and go swimming in the morning and then um, in the afternoons and I'll go to the gym and uh, I've got a trainer there that I work with and he'll set up a workout for me for, uh, you know, I'll do one workout on like Mondays and th Wednesdays and then another one on Tuesday, Thursdays and um, every couple of weeks he'll change it up just so that way it just uh, shocks the body a little bit and yeah. you're not getting used to anything. Yeah, Bronson Arroyo was a big swimmer as well. He he swore by it, and I, I what got it. I think it, what got you into it? I think uh, you know my trainer recommended it a couple years ago, and I've always loved it because I think it's just so much uh, lower stress and um, as far as that compared to running, um, I feel like I get a lot out of it. Um, more of a total body workout, and uh, than than I think running is. And and you guys, I mean, you guys are are world class athletes, and you play at the highest level. Do you feel that, or do you recognize, like, maybe when you were in college or played in high school and you really didn't have all these facilities and the resources to get in such shape, do you feel yourselves, now that you are, that it's kind of making you better? Do you feel better just by being in better shape? Yeah, like for me, mound? yeah, definitely. Um, you know, growing up, I would find ways to make it happen, and I would do it, and I would always – see facilities and just think, man, if I had that weight room or if I had that facility to do what I need to do, the sky is the limit. And now the Reds, we have that now. And so it's kind of come to life. And I love, that's why I love doing it. I just take advantage of it. And it's, it's, I'm just living the life, being able to use these facilities and stuff. It's awesome. How about you, Robert? Can you tell when you're like in peak physical condition when you're out there on the mound? Absolutely. You know, it feels, it just, you just feel a lot stronger and you, um, I think it, it helps your mental uh, capabilities too. When you, when you feel like you're in good physical shape, I think it just helps your mental uh, capabilities too. What was your, uh, some of your like personal highlights this year that you were, uh, something that you were very proud of that you, uh, that you accomplished that maybe didn't go down in the box score? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was just being able to go out there and get into the eighth inning and uh, you know, I didn't get to the ninth inning this year, but there was a couple of times where my pitch count was low enough to where I could have. And um, I think for me, that's just a, a really big personal feat just so that way I can go out and I know that I can get into the ninth inning because eventually I want to be able to throw a complete game. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure the Reds have put limitations and certain, uh, you know, sets on you. Um, did they put a pitch li inning limit on you last year? And did, was there yeah. any point where our pitch count, even in games, that you couldn't really go past? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a struggle between um, the pitching coach and the manager trying to, trying to get every last pitch you can out there because, you know, it's your game and you want to be out there. But um, sometimes they have to look out for you and know what's best for you um, and just having to accept that. So you have that pitcher's mentality, like, I want to keep pitching. and Everyone you know. <laughs> wants to keep pitching, you know, when, especially when you're in a late ball game and uh, you got a chance to go out there for the ninth inning. You really want to be back out there. Michael, how about you? you this was probably – the, the first time that you've pitched as much as you did yeah. in 2015 tell me like be honest where did you wear down at the end or were you still yeah. strong or um you know physically I, I did start to wear down towards the middle um I lost some weight stopped working out the way I was and then um just mentally too it kind of at the big league level it's a different animal like I talked about you know in the minor leagues if you throw a bad game the pitching coordinator might hear about it uh but in the big leagues you throw a bad game there's thousands of fans that know about it, and they're letting you know about it as well. So it's a little <laughs> different. So you go through the ups and downs, but, um, you know, at the end of the season, I thought I finished strong. My body felt good, and, and, you know, that's one thing that I'm proud of. I was able to persevere through the ups and downs, and, and every time I got knocked down, I was able to get back up and, and just say, all right, let's go. Today's a new day. So that's most important. Yeah, and that kind of 
leads in, leads me into the next question. You guys have both excelled at every single level in which you've played, but once you get like into the AAA, AA, and major league level, you start. You know, a lot of people are watching you at one time, and it's probably the first time you've heard that many people jeer you or boo you. What's yeah. that like? It, yeah, it can be tough. It, it's it can be really easy to to have a hardened heart towards people and stuff, but. You know, thankful for me, I use this game as a platform to, to encourage people and to, to be a good inspiration, a good role model, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I just try and try and block that noise out and, and know what I'm here for and know that I have a purpose for this game and, and God's going to use me in, in ways that, that are bigger than me. So, Kind of the same for you, Robert? Yeah, you know, I think, honestly, it's easier when there's more crowd. Um, because it kind of all turns into one single drone rather than, you know, when, when you have that one guy out there and there's, there's it's a small crowd and you can hear that one guy pretty easily. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when it's a bigger crowd like that, um, especially at the higher levels, it's easier to just block everything out because it all kind of runs into one noise. Now, uh, something that I, you know, everybody knows that I like to talk to pitchers about their hitting. And, Michael, you know more than <laughs> I'm your biggest supporter on Twitter. I say Appreciate it. every time that he comes to the plate and gets a hit, I, I always say, the same few lines, Michael Lorenzen, before his career is over, will win a Silver Slugger <laughs> Award. And I, I seriously believe that. You look like you're, you know exactly what you're doing at the plate. Thank How you. fun is it for you when you step in there in the box? Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun, and I, that's one of the reasons why I love being in Cincinnati and being in the National League is I get to step in the box and hit. And Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and I, I love it when the catchers don't know that I'm a good hitter and I try and take <laughs> advantage of it or – or they'll throw me a pitch, and I'll look like, oh, man, what was that? I didn't even see that. <laughs> and then I'll not, I know I'm getting – Wink, wink. Oh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm getting that pitch again. So, oh, yeah, I've, I've done that a couple times, or, or I'm really late on a fastball, and I foul it off to the right. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that looked like 100. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, I'm on this fastball. I'm pretty sure you got it. You hit a triple, right, this year in Chicago? Yeah, in Chicago. You, you haven't hit one over the wall yet, though. No. You're, that's got to be. You're yeah. chomping at the bit I Think for about that. it every day. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I saw Robert Stevenson over in the uh, Wiffle Ball Home Run Derby. How do you look? He's got a nice swing. All right. So, All Robert, right. tell me, what, is uh, hitting something that's fun to you, or would you well, rather? It's a lot of fun, and it's also very frustrating, because right when I, get, <laughs> when I start getting comfortable on someone's fastball, then they start throwing me curveballs, and I'm done. <laughs> But, uh, that's it's not a lot fair. Th that should be a rule. Like pitchers should not throw other yeah, pitchers. I mean, that's, 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 balls. But then that's why you got to talk to the catcher. As soon as they start throwing me curveballs, that's when I start throwing them curveballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'm going to ask both of you guys, and you guys don't have to go in depth about it for uh, you know obvious reasons. But just give me an idea of uh, now that you guys are starting, especially you, Michael. Uh, Robert's always been a starter. You've been kind of both. Mm -hmm. um, your repertoire of pitches. When you're a starter, you have to throw more than two pitches. And yeah. Give me an idea, both of you guys, of what you're throwing, maybe a little bit of your arsenal and how that's going for you. Yeah, you can take it. Um, I've got a four-seam fastball. Uh, One of the best. <laughs> a curveball and a, a changeup. And I'm working um, – at the end of the season, I was working on a two-seam fastball too. Yeah. Wow. How about you, Michael? Uh, I throw a four-seam, two-seam uh, slider, and then I picked up a cutter when I went to the bullpen that was – it was pretty good. I was watching Wade Davis throw a little bit and had talked with um, Teddy Powers a little bit, and, and he had taught me how to throw the cutter. And So, yeah, that was a huge pitch for me out of the bullpen that I'm really excited about for next year. Have you thought about the changeup? 
Oh, I throw a change up too. I didn't say that. No. Yeah, I throw that. a change up. I missed that. Whew. I throw a curveball too, but I like I, I throw these pitches, but I'm trying to figure out which ones I want to go with. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And we had uh, we had guys like Tyler Malley and Amir Garrett up here, and they both talked about how important. And I thought it was great. I thought it was the sign of a mature pitcher. They're talking about you know your, their out pitch. Sure, I can throw a fastball, but I'm more concerned about being excellent with my changeup. How important is that pitch to you guys personally? You know, I feel like I really developed mine last year, and it became a kind of a go-to pitch for me, um, and it, it really helped me get out of situations. I think it's a very important pitch to learn, um, especially if you want to go deep into a ball game. Just because when you go through the order one time, you can get away with just having one or two pitches, but then when you try to go through a second or third time, the guys start picking up on those two pitches, and you need a third one so that way you can show them something different. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I personally I like my changeup. I didn't throw it enough last year, I don't think, so that's an adjustment that I'm going to make. I know Hatch would tell me every day, throw your changeup. Yeah. Throw your changeup. It's yeah. a good changeup. And, you know, it was just a different game plan, I guess. But uh, next year I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of bringing it out a little more. A few more, few more questions for Robert Stevenson and Michael Lorenzen, who are here with us here in the Connect Zone at Reds Fest. Tell me, guys, what your expectations are going into spring training. I know Robert and I briefly talked about it before you came over. Michael, as being labeled as the top prospect, that might, that could be good. It could be bad for some people. What are your expectations personally going into Goodyear in 2016? You know, obviously, I'm just going to go in with the mentality of trying to make the team. Um, that's my number one priority. Um, you know, whether that happens or not, it's out of my hands. But if I go out there completely prepared for spring training and show them everything I have, um, and don't give them a reason to send me back to Louisville, then, uh, you know, that's, that's as good as I can do. How about uh, you, Michael? I mean, it's the, it's the same thing. It's stuff, you know, like what Rob said, that stuff fires me up because it's, you know, I, I want to see that out of him. You know, I want to see him come in and say I can make this team. I want him to believe in himself that way, and that's the way I feel too. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to compete, and, and we're all going to be competing together, and, like, we're all competitive people, and that's why we are where we are, so... You know, I'm excited to compete against each other and be able to look each other in the eye and say, hey, we're, good, we're all good enough to be on this team, so let's keep competing and let's build a winning tradition. And I think a lot of the fans, especially those that, have, that are here right now watching us, I think that's what you guys like to see, right? You guys like to see these guys go out and, like, have that killer instinct. I know I do personally, and it's fun. For me personally, my favorite thing in spring training is seeing guys like Robert Stevenson, guys like Michael Lorenzen go out there and just pitch. I like, I like watching, like – you know, in the past when you guys would come in after the regular starter, yeah. fifth, sixth inning, it, I enjoyed watching you guys because this is a fresh face. This is the, yeah. the future of the organization. And, you know, it's going to be – I'm convinced you guys are going to be bona fide blue chip major league pl baseball players for a long time. And I hope it's uh, here in Cincinnati for a long time. So, yeah. you know – it's just fun watching you guys, and I want to say thanks on behalf of uh, the organization and all the fans out there for everything you do. And yeah, we appreciate you. you coming in here today to, to chat you. with us. It's our pleasure. All right, guys, thanks a lot. That's yeah. Michael Lorenzen and Robert Stevenson. Sal Romano's here with us here in the Reds Connect Zone. Sal, you had a great season. You were added to the 40-man roster in the offseason. That's got to be exciting, right? Yeah, that was uh, definitely probably the best call that I've got you know, since I've been with the organization. So definitely a big accomplishment in my baseball career. Is that something that Jeff Grappi calls you personally and says, hey, Sal, we're adding you? Yeah, he called me from uh, the Dominican and just let me know, you know, Sal, we're going to add you to the 40-man roster and protect you. So, like I said before, it was probably one of the best calls I've gotten so far in my career. 
you're considered one of the top prospects in the Reds organization. Another pitching prospect. We've had several of those guys up here uh, over the last couple days. And, and one of the questions that I ask them and, you know, is how excited are you to be a part of this young core of pitching prospects in the Red system? I'm very excited. We have a lot of young arms in this organization, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot of us, you know, get our opportunity this coming up here, hopefully, and, you know, to see, be, you know, to see what we can do. Uh, we got to rebuild, so I think it's time to, you know, that we all get a chance and see what we can do. I talk to Tom Nichols in Dayton. I do. I get, I get a chance to do a game every year, and I, I think it was two years ago I talked to Tom, and I was asking him, hey, look, you see these guys more than I do. Um, give me some names. First name that he gave me was Sal Romano. He said this guy is something special. Not only is he a, a great pitcher, which the Reds are looking for, great talent, but he, uh, he was uh, singing your praises uh, on how you deal with the media and how you deal with uh, people that you interact with. How important is that for you? I'm just a people person. I'm not really that shy. You know, I like to, you know, just be myself around people. And, you know, it's not really a big deal talking to the media. You just got to be honest and, you know, just be yourself. So I don't mind it. Uh, you gotta wanna, you want, I want to be a good person first before, you know, a, a good baseball player. So that's kind of how I go about my business. Well, I think your parents would uh, be proud of you for that. I think your, your brother would agree with that sitting <laughs> next to you. So uh, the, being on the 40-man roster means, obviously, that you're going to be in big league camp in spring training. It's your first one, right? Yep, first one. That's got to be uh, – is it kind of make you nervous, give you a little pressure, uh, or is it – I'm excited. I'm excited, you know, just to, you know, be around all the guys and just take it all in and, you know, learn from all the veterans and stuff like that. Uh, it's going to be a great, great experience, I'm sure, you know, because growing up, going to minor league spring – or major league spring training games, you know, seeing the Yankees play and – Knowing that I'm going to be part of it this year is, uh, you know, it's a great feeling. Yeah, you're going to be in there facing big league hitters, like bona fide big league hitters. Is is that something that you've thought about? Uh, I, I actually had the opportunity to face a couple big leaguers this year in uh, the Florida State League. So I'm not really worried about it. Just a, a guy with the bat, and I, I'm the guy with the ball. So it's just a, just, a, just a game of baseball. That's all it is. Can you talk a little bit about your 2015 season? I, I think you were uh, at two levels, right, or two teams? Yes, yeah, I started in high A in Daytona, and I got uh, called up to double A in, uh, in August. How did, it, how did the season go for you? I mean, aside uh, from stats. I mean, everybody can look um, at the stats. I was healthy. I think I missed one start. I got hit in the, I got hit in the calf. Oh, no, I actually didn't miss a start. I got, I got a blister, so I had to miss one start. So, you know, in four years, I've only I've, I've missed one start, so... I like to stay healthy. That's a big thing in this game is being able to, you know, stay out there and be able to pitch. Uh, season overall, I mean, I think I did really, really well in Daytona, which, you know, that got me the promotion. So I struggled a little bit in uh, Pensacola, but, you know, I was 21 years old in AA. So sure, yeah. I mean. You're going you're gonna to take your bumps in this game, and that happened to be the bump of the year. But, you know, I came back. I finished, you know, the last two games pretty strong. So. Uh, I had to take that into the off season. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of why I didn't, you know, harp too much on the stats is because I think a lot of people out there, if they look at your stats, they think, ah, you know, his ERA was in the threes. He's uh, he got added to the major league roster. What are the Reds doing here? Are, are they sure about this guy? But like you said, you're 21 years old in the Double A level. That's that's almost unheard. I mean, that's that's young for a high A level. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just learning, you know, again building the experience. So. I wasn't worried about it, you know, just like I said before, it's just a bump in the road and, you know, I was able to come back from it and just take it into this offseason and be ready for spring. You said you haven't missed any starts. You're pretty durable in that regard. You're a big guy. 
What do you do that makes, do you think that's what kind of helps you? You have a, you have a solid frame, you're strong. Is, is yeah, it, I'm just pretty durable, yeah. I mean, I try to stay out there as much as I can, and I like to be out there in later innings and stuff like that. So I think it's just being durable and strong and, you know, being able to, you know, not sore, you know, just a little tired, but being able to go, you know, uh, pitch through that. But obviously you also have to you're, – you're born with a big frame, but you also have to work at it too. Yeah, absolutely. you got to put the work in in the offseason and just, you know, just maintain it as the season goes on so that you can stay out there and pitch. So have you started throwing yet, or is it something like after the season end, you shut it down for a while, and then your program resumes and probably gets heated up after a, a It all a depends. Few like weeks. Uh, the season ended in September. I had like a week off, and then I went to Arizona, pitched for another month there. So it all depends on uh, you know what you do during the season and how much time you have off until spring training. So I haven't started throwing yet, but since I go to big league camp now, I'll you know start my throwing a little bit earlier than I have in the past years. Do the Reds now that you're at, on the big league level, or maybe uh, they have in the past, do they put you on a program, or is it something that you have to come up with yourself? Um, I think it's a little mixture of both. There's some things that work for you and some things that you know the Reds want you to do. I think it's a little mixture of both. So I, I try to keep it you know both both sides. As a, as a young guy, we talked about how young you were, 21 years old at the AA level. Since you've been in this this whole professional thing, does it amaze you how much scrutiny that you guys get, even at the rookie level and at the, at, at the Class A level in Dayton? There are always eyes on you. There's all kinds of footage now. The stats now are unbelievable. And does that kind of like, wow, I'm, this is eye-opening to me? I mean, yeah, but you, kind of, you can't really look at that kind of stuff sometimes. You know, you got to just... All you can do is control is what you do on the mound. That's what I try to do. I don't try to worry about the, you know, the media stuff and what other people say about me. You know, I'm the one that has the ball in my hand. I'm the one that can, you know, has to get people out. So that's what I try to look at it. Tony Singrani was up here just before you, and he was talking about how great Homer Bailey is just to watch him. He learns so much by just watching him. And I think that kind of resonates with some of the young pitchers too. And I think I'm sure you're going to have that experience when you're in Goodyear with, in the big league camp. Is there anyone that you've pitched with where that have kind of even if, if even if the players younger than you that have kind of inspired you or kind of made you think I may I might have to like you know work harder I want to model myself after he does something that I should probably be doing. Um, if you ever watched like John Moscott, he was up in the big leagues this year. Uh, if you watch him pitch, he's a big, big, big competitor. You know, he takes every pitch very seriously. And I, uh, you know, when I watched him pitch and even at his big league de- big league debut. Just, you know, some guys just have that fire in their eyes that, you know, I'm, I'm better than you at this very moment. So, you know, that's probably the guy that I would look to. And we've, I've been asking the minor league guys when they've come up here, like, you know, give me some names. Is John Moscott on that list where yeah, once he gets healthy, keep an eye out on yeah, him? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a young, and he's still young, you know what I mean? So, right. unfortunately, I mean, he would have been up there all year, I'm sure, if he, stayed, if, uh, if he didn't get hurt. But Yeah, you know. that was a, that was a, when we talked about the injury, that was one of the yeah. worst injuries to yeah. watch, too. Especially, mm-hmm. and he's such a great guy, yeah, too. And absolutely. I think that's a. So, just, I think there's a lot of guys in this system that you got to watch out for. we got a, a lot of, lot of young pitching talent. You know that they're going to have their opportunity this year hopefully i'm going to ask you about some of those guys uh first name i'm going to throw out there and guy that you know i had to like just reevaluate especially after i met him and how great of a guy that he kind of you know had an effect on me was zach weiss i, I saw his stats at at the uh i think he was in a class high a last year and just really tore it up he had 30 saves mm-hmm. uh, struck out like 99 guys in 60 innings what do you? What's your take on Zach Weiss? Uh, I was able to watch him. He was in Daytona for a month, and he gave up like two hits, no runs in the whole month. So I mean, 
that's that's obviously deserved the promotion immediately. And then he struggled a little bit when he got to Pensacola, I guess. And then once he found it and you know figured things out again, he was unhittable. He's just when I got to Pensacola, I was able to watch him for over a month. So he just you know he's a closer as a closer that he was in Pensacola. He just has four pitches that he could throw at any time, any count, and he just commands the fastball so well. Each uh, both sides of the plate, and he can throw his slider or curveball to put guys away. So you know. He's a really, really great guy to watch, and he's a great teammate as well. Yeah, and he, he seems like he's just oozing with confidence as well. Not, not that he's you know, you know, uh, an arrogant guy, but he just feels like he carries himself well, and yeah. he's ready for the challenge. You gotta, you gotta have that when you're a baseball player. You can't be cocky. I don't like when people are like that, but uh, you gotta have that little swagger when you know when you're between the lines. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. All right, let me throw out uh, the uh, the obvious name, Robert Stevenson. What do you see in him? Uh, me and Robert have been, you know best friends since day one we both signed together you know we've been through the process together both got put on the 40 man together you know it's fun to see you know a good guy that you know they consider like your brother being able to go through with him it's a good it's 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 really cool yeah robert's the kind of guy and we had him we talked to him a little bit he's a he's a guy that's very reserved kind of stoic but he's got that fire right you can you can speak yeah, to that absolutely everyone's different in their personality but you know i think all of us you know like me amir rob nick Jackson, Steve, all of us have that, you know, we're really uh, similar when it comes to the pitching side of it. So you'll, I'm sure you guys could see that as we yeah, pitch. Yeah, and uh, I won't, uh, you know, try to ask you about every prospect, but I will I will ask you about Amir Garrett. He was had a tremendous year. I think he was named uh, Reds Minor League Pitcher of the Year. Uh, what do you see in Amir that, especially as a basketball player who first came in here as a very raw talent? He just, he just needed some experience, and that's what everyone talked about from the beginning. He just needed to get a full season under his belt. Had a good year, his first full year in Dayton, too. And then, obviously, this year everything clicked, you know. And I can only see him uh, keep succeeding because he's got good stuff, especially from the being, uh, being lefty. It really helps. Yeah, and if you guys have, like, an a off-season basketball team, he's going to help you guys oh, out. Oh, yeah, me time. and him could do some work for sure. <laughs> okay, so now, obviously, I'm going uh, to ask you about you. What's the scouting report on Sal Romano? Um, guy that, you know, throws downhill, heavy sinker, uh, put guys away with his curveball, show change up once in a while to get him off balance. And I'm going to compete every single pitch. Like I, you know, about what I said about John, he's competing every pitch. Uh, I want to be better than that guy at that very moment. Uh, I'm going to give you a hundred percent every pitch. Yeah. And we talked about this with the, with the fans that have been out, been here throughout the day. One of the things I think the fans like to see, and as a fan of baseball yourself, you love to see those guys out there really with the fire in their bellies and out there competing, right? Yeah, you got to have a, you know, a winning mentality on your team, and you need guys that have the ball in their hand you know, to have that mentality when they're out there. And uh, I think we got a lot, a lot of guys in this organization that have that. So far on your, in your stops, obviously you want to get to the major leagues and each level that you progress, that's where you want to be. But if you had a, you know, one of your favorite stops, what would be one of your favorite stops along this journey? What would it be? Um, I'd say Dayton was probably my, you know, being there with, you know, you know, eight to 9,000 fans a game and how they interact, you know, the, the green team and, you know, being able to meet the host family that I live with and, you know, be able to get so close with them over the two years that I was there. I think just probably that was probably my favorite stop playing there, traveling. Definitely the best. Uh, did you have any of those Pioneer League bus trips? Oh, yeah, I had, uh, I think we had from... Grand Junction or I don't even know where Utah all the way back to Billings it was 12 hours you weren't on one of those stops I heard the horror stories about the uh, the pioneer the pioneer league is a rookie level where Billings plays Billings in uh up there in Montana and a handful of teams up in that league I heard the horror stories where 
you have to get to a certain road at a certain time or they close it off because it's uh, through Yellowstone. Go, oh, it's not good. And you, you don't, have to you wait don't there for four hours. That. You don't want to get caught in that at all. So your 12-hour bus ride yeah. turns into a 16-hour bus ride? Yeah, we had just guys on. we blow up floaties, put them in the <laughs> aisle, take turns sleeping because especially being 6'5", I'm not very comfortable on the bus. <laughs> yeah. Now, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand that at that level, especially the rookie level, you guys, maybe like one or two of you that have huge signing bonuses that got drafted high, but you guys aren't making a whole lot of money, and you guys no. are getting small per diem. So it, 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 you do pay your dues, yeah. and I think that's what a lot of fans don't understand yeah. when the, the players get to this level, the major league level. That's when they really want to cash in, and you think it might be greed or whatever. But I think it's because you guys had to pay your dues at such an early age. Yeah, a lot of people don't know, like, oh, yeah, you play baseball. Like, it's so cool. Like, there's a lot of struggles that go in it. It's like you, you got to take care of yourself. You're, you know, you got to pay for rent. You got to get your own. You got to take care of yourself. So I don't know how a lot of people do it because it's expensive to be a minor league baseball player with the money that you get paid. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I was able to get a little something when I signed. So I just don't know how it's got it's a, it's a little bit of a struggle for sure. Even me, uh, you got to be able to, you know, manage your money the right way and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but, you uh, again, you have to have a host family. And, um, you know, th those folks are such special people that take ball players in, allow them to live in their house, complete strangers. It's hard for not only them, but for you guys as players. How did you adapt to your host family, and do you uh, keep in touch with them? Yeah, he's actually – this is my host brother oh, right okay, here, right so right I live with right. him for two years. I think it's just building a relationship over the couple days that – I didn't know him when I moved in right away. I didn't know the whole family, but – you know, you build with them, you, you know, you have dinner, you talk to them, they come to the games. I think it's just just building that relationship over time to kind of get you close. And I was fortunate enough to be there for, I was there two years, so I was able to, you know, really, really know them. So, yeah. uh, like I said, I'm staying a couple extra days here after Reds Fest and with them for a couple of days. So. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So do you have any expectations going into the 2016 season, or are you just going to just go in, put your head down, and do the work? Uh I think it both. I, obviously, I have to have expectations for myself. I just can't go in there. Um, you know, obviously getting out to the 40-man, I mean, I'm not going to go in not trying to make the team because you're on the 40-man. You have an opportunity to make the team. I'm going to go in there and show them what I got, but I'm also going to, you know, learn and see what, uh, what I can learn from other major league guys, and I'm going to go in there trying to make the team, but if I don't, I don't, uh, but I, hopefully I can be there. My goal is to be there at some point next year for sure. Yeah, and I think everybody would, uh, you know, looking at the roster, especially the pitching, uh, you know, it's wide open. We talked about that with Tony Singrani a few minutes ago. This is like one of the first years in which the Reds, especially on the pitching side, have a lot of spots to fill. There are a lot of spots in which they, folks like you can win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's got to make you give you a little bit of an edge, give you a, make you excited, anxious at the same time. Yeah, I don't care, you know, what, whatever they want me to do, want me to, you know, relieve, start, it doesn't matter. But there's definitely going to be a lot of spots open and a lot of competition in spring training this year. So I'm 100, really, really looking forward to that. At, at what point, and I know probably maybe in Billings you don't follow the big, big league club that closely, but at what point, and I'm sure you do now with being on the 40-man roster, at what point does that, like where the Reds are on, I'm going to watch it? I mean, I try to watch it as much as I can. Uh, usually we have a game when, yeah. when they have a game, so maybe if we have a day game and they have a night game, I can try to catch the game. Especially when I was in Dayton, I was able to more often because they were actually on the, the station. So Right. So is it something that you enjoy doing? Or yeah, I like. You enjoy watching the I game like when watching you're not baseball. playing? Yeah, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people out there don't like watching it unless you're actually at the game. That's actually with a lot of sports. But I like 
you know, especially coming from me as a pitcher, I like to watch what other pitchers do, what hitters do, and so I like learning. So I, what, that's what I try to do. What What got you into the game? My dad. Yeah. Obviously, just growing up, just put a bat in my hand, and then when I realized that, you know, when I was about 15 or 16, that it was time to, you know, put that away and <laughs> know that I could, you know, make something for myself pitching. Well, you're in the National League, man. You might have to get that yeah. bat back out. Yeah, when I got to double-A, I was pretty happy that I could swing. I swung at the first pitch. I actually got a sack fly second and third, and Pat Kelly said, go up there and swing it because I was just looking probably going to bunt. But yeah. I was able to swing it, got a sack fly, got the ball in the air. <laughs> so is that something maybe in spring training that, you know, Brian Price might say, hey, Romano, stay in there. You're, uh, you're hitting. Uh, I don't know about that. I think he'll get his hitters to work. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, we talked about spring training. We talked about playing in the minor leagues. You love watching the game, which is uh, I, I love hearing that the, the young guys like you, like, enjoy watching the game. So uh, I think there's uh, some high hopes for you, Sal, and I think you're, uh, you're going to be in Cincinnati for a long time, and we're very excited to have you in the organization. I can't wait to yeah. see you pitch in spring training. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That's Sal Romano, ladies and gentlemen. One thing that stuck out with me after talking to each of these guys at Reds Fest was how baseball smart they are. I've been around a lot of young players during my tenure with the Reds, and it seems like every one of the guys we feature today are advanced in their knowledge on what to do out there on the mound. They have great physical ability, but it seems that these kids also have what it takes between the ears to be successful. I'm extremely excited to see these young men pitch in spring training, and for some, like Lorenzen, I'm excited to see him begin to excel at the major league level in 2016. Next time on the Better Off Red podcast, we'll return to Reds Fest 2015 to catch up with Doug Flynn, Tucker Barnhart, Corky Miller, Dimitri Young, John Lamb, and Kyle Waldrop. The music you heard on the podcast this week was courtesy of one of my most favorite human beings, Caroline Rose. Pick up her album, I Will Not Be Afraid, available now on iTunes. Don't forget to join us at the Holy Grail Banks on Tuesday nights this month for live episodes of the Reds Hot Stove League radio program and Better Off Red Baseball Trivia. Thank yous go out this week to the Cincinnati Reds, Amir Garrett, Tyler Malley, Cody Reed, Zach Weiss, Robert Stevenson, Michael Lorenzen, Sal Romano, and my pal Lisa Braun. A very special thanks to the best technical director in the podcasting game today, Nick Prince, without whom this podcast would not exist. That's all from BOR headquarters. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jamie Ramsey. Expect good news. Strawberry lips sipping on a stolen nip stacked up on Mohawk cigarettes. I know someone needs a fix. Pardon to New York City. The rest of dollar piece. Pay my way on down the Natchez Trace to New Orleans. I'm getting any younger. Oh, I'm tired of feeling alone The best smile's the prettiest side And my rear view is the backlit city sky behind Oh, baby This is what a little feels like It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.